Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Former minutes past seven o'clock, you're listening to SENZ on your 19th of January. Ooh, dangerously close to Karaka Million Weekend. The good oil... We'll be live on track at Pukekohe from 3 till 8, giving you all of the latest tips and information from Pukekohe and the Karaka Million. It's Louis here, Izzy and Kempi back Monday, and Beaver is on the operating table, so Rick Dog is sitting in. <laughs> morning, mate. Morning, morning. Um, mate, what a start to the morning, too. I, I mean, to be fair, as I mentioned when I came in, I didn't sleep a lot last night, um, and I, so I kept a, an eye on the cricket. And when we were at 130 for six, chasing 349, I pretty much gave up hope of us getting anywhere near, but boom, into Michael Bracewell. Into Beastie, who's put together one of the most Beastie-like innings in uh, our recent ODI history. He's got 140 from 78 balls, hitting 12 fours and 10 sixes. Unfortunately for Beastie and the Black Caps, Shubman Gill put on one of the greatest innings in the history of ODI cricket, scoring 208 from 149 right? Yeah, so that that was only the 10th time a double ton has been uh, scored in ODI cricket. And, um, you know, the other the other stat that I... Because I, I went through the list, and we said Rohit Sharma had scored three of the 10, right? Seven of those double tons have been scored by Indian players. Yep. So there you go. Uh, these and, and they they do have the tendencies to do it. Obviously, there's they play a lot of ODI cricket. Mm. They get a lot of chances. And today over there in Hyderabad, it was a flat wicket, small boundaries. It was hot, and the uh, scoring rate was huge. It's not often you score 140 striking 179, and you didn't have the best innings of the day. Yeah, so. You know what really surprised me is that there's no Australian that's done it. Wow. I mean, that, that makes you feel good. It does. What a feel-good way to start the morning. <laughs> seven minutes past seven. We've got plenty coming up this hour as well. We're going to talk some Australian Open tennis. We'll talk some boxing before the end of the show. But welcoming back for 2023, it is the segment we have loved more than an athlete. With Tremaine's, bringing people and property together in our community. Now, this is quite hard to wrap your head around. We've spoken to this guy before, Jamie Reid, when he was preparing to head off and try to become the world champion at speed golf. But this time around, he wants to break a 252-hole record by playing 14 full rounds and a bit in a 12-hour period this Saturday, all in the name of 
the charity Kidney Kids New Zealand. It's quite an incredible thing to read. I'm looking forward to chatting to Jamie about it. Morning, Jamie. How are you doing? Good, thanks. Yourself? Yes, I'm good, but I'm a bit dizzy because it's very early. I'm also trying to work out what you were going to do. So are those stats somewhere near correct? Is that what you're trying to do, 252 holes in a day? Yep, that's correct, yeah. So 14 rounds of golf um, over 12 hours. Some guy from Sweden's currently got the world record, so there's about, well, there's three proper proper athletes here going to try and crack it on Saturday um, over 12 hours, and I think we've all pretty, got a pretty good chance, but it's going to be a, a hell of a test in the in the hot weather, that's for sure, in the Naki. You're doing this at the Fitzroy uh, Golf Club, uh, Jamie. Um, it's about 90 kilometres um, all, all up you're going to cover in that 12-hour period. How much selection process did you go through when deciding on a golf course? Because you wouldn't want to be doing this at Titarangi, which is all up and down. No, you wouldn't. And you, you do want a shorter golf course as well. So um, we, we chose Fitzroy because we've got a good speed golf uh, community there. Um, and also just in relation to the to the kidney kids as well. So the main organising team, they're all from Fitzroy, um, so it's easy for us to, to jump over there, and we've got the clubs backing and stuff like that, so they've been very supportive and, and us allowing us to have the course for the day because um, you can imagine you don't want too many people out on the golf course when you're trying to run around for 12 hours and break a record. So you're not you're not um, shy to this sort of stuff. I know you've had a crack and you're very, very good at speed golf, Jamie, but how many holes of golf have you played in a single day before? Uh, the most I've done is I've done seven rounds. So about three weeks ago, I did a training run with one of the other guys, um, Shannon Sellard, and we just did a, we did a marathon, which was a marathon of speed golf, which was seven <laughs> rounds. And that took us, just under four hours forty, so the time—the time's not an issue. It's just going to be the endurance, whether the body can hold out for twelve hours. Um, have you done? Sorry, so, mate. Have you have you done ultra marathons before? Like, have you actually run this distance before? No, no. no the furthest I've done is fifty k, and that was on a golf course as well, which was a couple of years ago. So the only sort of anything over thirty k. I mean, I do thirty k on the roads, but any sort of run that I've done over 30k has just been out playing speed golf on the golf course so no so the longest I've gone is 50 kilometres so I'm going into the unknown um, yeah like you said you have to run about 90 kilometres to to break the break the world record so it'll be it's going to be a good test but I'm looking forward to it uh, given the amount of time that a round of golf generally takes right and the, the amount of miles you have to put in a train for something I'm like this you can a hole or what yeah yeah, yeah. no <laughs> I was going to say Jamie I mean is the, is the best way to train for speed golf playing speed golf uh, yes and no. So I do like a lot of my training on the roads as well, but it's just when it comes around to tournaments, it's good to do the specific stuff on the on the golf course and make it in relation to speed golf. Um, but, I mean, I had world champs in November, um, and so a lot of that was trained towards like a, a 10K effort, and so I haven't had tons of time to be able to adapt the body to the endurance and be able to go 90K. So we'll see what happens on Saturday, but it's, um, it's all for a good cause of raising money for kidney kids. Um, which is the main thing there. So a world record is just going to be an added bonus if we can get that across the line as well. Well, a bit of you've you've already you went pretty good at the world champs, right? So you, you've obviously got the taste of success at the moment. Just remind us for everybody who's got their jaws on the table, like I do. Now, how many clubs do you carry, and like what is the actual dynamic of speed golf? Because so you, you break it down. This is it's kind of crazy for different reasons, like the amount of. Uh, shots you're going to take, the amount of kilometres you're going to run, but the actual dynamics of speed golf, just give us a refresher. 
Yeah, so a speed golf score is your golf score and your time added together. So, for example, when I played in the World Champs in November, my first round I shot 71, which was one under par um, in 42 minutes. Now, that course was quite long. It was, I think the running distance was 8.6 kilometres. Um, so you add those two together, um, and that was my speed golf score. I only take three golf clubs, so I take a driver, normally a seven iron and a gap wedge. Um, I don't take a putter, I just putt with my gap wedge and hit like a belly wedge. Um, so yeah, three clubs, shoot under par and done in 42 minutes. So it's a bit, bit quicker than your, your normal game of golf. Is that standard, roughly, from what the other speed golfers carry? I mean, I, I kind of was thinking, you know, you might roll, instead of taking a driver, you might roll something like a two iron or something. Yeah, most, no, I'm about the only one that takes a driver. I hit driver off the deck. Um, I'm lucky I've got quite a high ball flight, so I don't have to set up, which takes me about, which takes me about two seconds every hole I hit driver, so, um, which can be a big difference in the end. But most people would take a three-wood um, or a, or like a two-iron or a three-iron just so that they're hitting it nice and straight, and then they've got another option for their second shots and par fives as well. Um, but then I'll take a long-iron, a short-iron, a wedge, and maybe a putter as well. So some people might take up to... You're allowed up to seven clubs, but... Yeah, a lot of your good golfers will take maybe five or six clubs because they want to make sure they put a good golf score on the board because that's where they can save all their all their score. Um, whereas like a faster runner, they might take less clubs and try to utilise running fast because obviously if you take more clubs, you're going to be at slight running because you have to carry all your gear and stuff like that. So there is a little bit of strategy involved and it depends on what sort of background you come from will depend on how many clubs you take really. When was the last time you played a regular round of golf? Oh, I still play regular rounds of golf and saying that since I came back from world champs because I'm just going to play with one club in this 12-hour challenge. So I've literally just played with one club for the last two months, three months. Um, but I think, I don't know, my last normal round of golf was maybe a month ago. Mm-hmm. And even when I play a normal round of golf, I only take seven or eight clubs. I don't <laughs> play with a full set because it just gets too much choice. I don't know what to do. Yeah. Well, I mean, there's, <laughs> there's there's more room for cans when you do that as well, right? <laughs> well, there is, yeah. I mean, it's going to be tough to take 252 cans on Saturday, but maybe someone wants <laughs> to do that. <laughs> that's so true. You need Beaver driving next year with a Grins cart or something like that. Yeah, that's it. Uh, mate, it's quite incredible. So, Mike, uh, Mick McBeth, as you said, Shannon Stallard, yep. they're, they're going to have a yep. crack alongside you. Do you, you suspect that if one of you can do it, you can all do it, or might it be a survival yeah. of the fittest? Um, it will be a little bit of a survival of the fittest, but, I mean, Shannon comes from an Ironman background, so he's got the endurance. Um, and then, I mean, Mick's just a, he's a good runner and he's a half decent golfer as well, and so he'll be able to go and go and go. So, I mean, it'll be, it's nice because we've got, in terms of, I think it's about... 25 teams and five or six individuals doing it. Some of the other individuals are just walking um, just to raise money. But, yeah, so, I mean, there's going to be quite a few people out there at the same time, so that's going to be motivating in itself. Um, and, if, yeah, if us do get close, we, we probably need to have a chat. If we both start to break it and we're, we're together, does someone just sprint off in the last five minutes to play a couple of holes to beat someone by two holes? But, I don't know, we might try and cheer the title. We don't know what's going to happen there, so there might be a bit of argy-bargy at the end. But <laughs> it's kind of exciting, I think. Yeah, that's <laughs> What if, uh, you know, you, you, you're playing at Fitzroy, you just mentioned there's a few others there. Uh, how does that work? I mean, going, you're going for a, a, a record and you talk, there's some people walking it. I mean, do you get waved through or do you just wave yourself through when, it's, when it comes to speed golf? Yeah, so, I mean, the faster person that is behind, they'll just run up and they'll yell forward and the person will just stand aside. So there shouldn't be any issues in terms of pace of play of people when slowing us down and stuff like that. I mean, to be fair, some of some of us, if we do get slowed down, that might be a good thing for us because over 12 hours, it's easy to go out to, too hot. I mean, we have to average, I think, 51 minutes around to break the 252. 
So in the first six hours, I'm going to try and average just under 45 minutes. Um, and then after six hours, I'll reevaluate see how the body feels. And if the body feels good, then I'll try and take it down to like 42 minutes. Um, if the body's done a struggle, I'll try and keep it at 45. But and bank some holes early so that I've got some time up my sleeve at the end. Jamie, I went for a run yesterday around the Auckland domain, and it was the beating Auckland heat. And I managed to knock out about six and a half kilometres, and I got home and was useless for about um, I reckon probably an hour and a half before I could muster crawling into the shower. How how sore and how broken do you suspect for for an everyday person? How's can you like? The, are you going to put yourself through some serious pain here? Do you think? Yeah, I don't know. I need to be careful because I've got a few tournaments um, in the year as well. So I don't want to go too silly and then break down and not be able to run for two months because um, it would be nice to be able to still run because I've got New Zealand champs in April and stuff like that. So I, I need to be smart at the same time. Um, but, yeah, I'll look after the body, and if it does start to get a bit too sore and I can feel some sort of pain that might last a little bit longer than, than a few weeks, then uh, I might pull the pin. But, yeah, it's just going to be a time and a place and, and see what we're going. I mean, the good thing is if I do bank some early holes, I might better walk a little bit and, and get a bit more recovery there. Um, but, yeah, like I said, we'll, we'll see how the plan goes. But uh, it's going to be a good day nonetheless. So Dawn to Dusk Golf Challenge page has been set up on set up on Give a Little. If anyone wants to go donate, we'll chuck up on our Twitter and on the SCNZ Instagram, Neeps, we'll get you to do that. Um, mate, talk to us about the, the charity. Like, why is, why is it important to you, Kidney Kids New Zealand? Yeah, so Adele, who's part of the organising team, so she was diagnosed with um, chronic kidney d- disease when she was 12, um, and then she went into stage renal um, failure requiring dialysis and a kidney transplant as well at 12. So um, Kidney Kids obviously helped, supported her greatly and her family um, when she was going through this time, and now Adele's actually on the board of Kidney Kids as well. And then in 2017, she had to have a second trans- uh, transplant, and that was actually given by her brother, Reeve, who's also part of the organising team, um, and is going to be running as well. So it's very close to her heart in terms of, um, obviously, people there that have been through it and now on the board. Um, and Kidney Kids New Zealand have struggled in terms of money, like a lot of other charities, um, since COVID. Um, so it's a way for us to be able to give back to them. Um, like I said, they had a a good um, experience when they went through it to those difficult times. Um, so be able to give that money back to Kidney Kids um, and then if there's any other kids that are in that in that trouble that she had when she was younger, um, yeah, it's quite cool knowing that they're going to have the, the financial backing that they need to be able to, to, be able to live a, a good life going forward. Oh, good luck, mate, and it's a very, very good cause. Uh, Dawn to Dusk Golf Challenge if anyone wants to donate and would encourage you to do that. I think that's a very noble thing, mate. Um, we'll touch base and we'll find out how you went. Hopefully cool. the body holds up. Yeah, so sounds good. There you go. Jamie Reid, brought to you by Tremaine Real Estate. That was more than an athlete bringing people and property together in our communities, and that's exactly what Jamie is doing for a very important charity you heard him speak about there, Rick Dog. This is insane to me. Mm, yeah, I, I mean, even just hearing you talk about running 6.5Ks around the Auckland domain made me shiver. Uh, let, let the heat nearly what crippled doing. me yesterday. And he wants to do 90 in the Taranaki beating heat mm, yeah. while swinging a club. Exactly, yeah. I mean, I, I did I did an hour of boxing yesterday at a, uh, in a bunker in, in Auckland City and that was that was enough for me, mate. I was just like... Phew. So, yeah, I mean, that's extreme. That's that's a, You call that extreme athlete? Pretty much, isn't it? 90k well, in ul- 12 hours. What's an ultra marathon? It's... About, under, isn't it? It's about that, yeah. It's not mm. too far away. And then so you add in the fact that he's swinging a club the whole time. And he's carrying the extra weight as well. 
Karen, what does he say? He's going to take three clubs with him? No, just the one. Oh, sorry, he's just taking he's the one. He's going to take yeah. the one. And I assume it's some sort of irony number. Probably like a maybe a, a seven. Six or a seven. seven. Something like that. You'd think. Yeah. yeah. Mm, mate, yeah, that's, uh, I'll tell you what, he's, um, he's doing a great thing for a great cause, but rather him than me. Yeah, well, you can donate. Yeah, well, exactly. I, well, I should thought we should say, given you know it's the Karaka Million races this weekend, all of Louis's winnings are going to go um, to Kidney Kids this weekend. Perfect. Nineteen minutes past seven o'clock. Here with Chemist Warehouse. Great savings every day. No, if I ever win, what are you? What are you laughing at, Nephew? I just, I just thought it was funny that Rick chucked you under the bus there. But if you're going to do it, mate, that's noble. And that's Joe, noble. Joe, why are you laughing, hey? hey? No, I know you're going to do it. That's why. You're such a good man. I knew, I knew you were going to do it. And you're going to probably do it anyways. You didn't need to be tempted. There's no chance I'm donating all of my winnings. What I will be Sorry. doing is I will donate. If I have a good night on the collect, actually regardless... I will be donating a good portion, at least at least somewhere near half, I'd say. Yeah, okay, that's good. What, what do you expect that to look like? What's what's half of whatever you you say is a good? Uh, somewhere near. I don't because I don't know how much, and I might have a terrible night. But then I will do, I will I will still donate. We're all going to chip in. You're yeah, going to chip in, Rick. We'll definitely chip in. But I don't want to commit a number. That's what I'm wary of because all of a sudden I hit the quaddy and I've got forty k, and I'm like. Oh, you're in the hole for 20 of it. And the quaddy crush gets... <laughs> <laughs> but, no, we'll, we'll be donating and encourage you to do the same as well. Uh, more than an athlete, Jamie Reid there. Very, very special stuff. Right, 20 minutes past 7 o'clock. You're listening to SCNZ. Hey, most holes of golf you've played in a day, double eight, double three. Let's run a little bootleg mm-hmm. competition here. Who has played a really strange amount of whole number of golf holes in a day? Who is it? Double eight, double three, or give us a call. Have you ever played that much golf? Oh eight hundred one five zero eight eleven. The Kenansai phone line is there for you. Twenty one minutes past seven. Here with Kim's Warehouse. Great savings every day. Right, we are a quarter of away from eight o'clock. Hey, uh, I, as I said before, the Australian Open's going, and the uh, first big name has had a scalp removed. It's Rafael Nadal, the actual one seed. Although I'm sure many people would suspect. What? What are you smiling? Well, when you said he's had his scalp removed, mate, he's, that's been happening for a while. I don't know if you've noticed. This is hair, dog. Yeah, well, that's what your scalp is, right? Yeah, yeah sure, yeah, sure, yeah, sure, yeah, yeah, sure. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I'm sorry, I'm just not used to. I mean, previously with Izzy Dag being in this show on the seat. Oh, we don't make jokes about that. We I'm just not used to it, so right, it just okay. took me a while. Okay. You, on the other hand, mate, are like the Rapunzel of rock, <laughs> <laughs> aren't you? It's uh, it's the flowing locks, mate. The flowing locks. Is there any sign of it slowing? No, no. I, I, my, uh, my nonno, my mum's Italian, right? So her dad, he passed away last year, ninety four, full head of hair. Really? Yeah. And is it, that's what they say, isn't it? Yeah. It's your mother's... It's the men on the mother's side of the family, apparently. So mum's mm. dad, brothers, that stuff. And you've got plenty of it. Plenty of it, mate. Plenty of it. You thought about making a wig? For what? Charity. Oh, I see. <laughs> uh, for someone doing something for someone else? No. <laughs> Fair enough, mate. Hey, Coco Golf has had 100 wins on the WTA tour now. 
So she progressed against Emma Raducanu yesterday at the Australian Open, and she's the seventh seed. She was so gracious and such a deserving vic- victor of the ASB Classic when she won. Uh, we're going to cross up north now to Stephen Borton, a tennis correspondent. He's been good enough to take time to join us. And Stephen, you would have seen a lot of Coco Golf throughout the years, not many years because she's still so young. How impressive is this run of form she's on on hard courts at the moment? Hey, yeah, thanks for – it's good to join you guys down in New Zealand. Um, yeah, Coco Goff is is the definition of impressive, right? She's she's playing so good and she's so young and she's just so mature for her age, which is kind of something we always talk about. Um, and, yeah, I was really looking forward to the matchup um, with Raducanu. But, you know, just at even the young age, she kind of just showed that she's in a dominant position um, even against her, her other the other girls her age. Um, so yeah, she's in a great run of form, and hard courts seem to be one of her her best surfaces. So I'm I'm excited to see what she can do at this tournament. Yeah, it's it's going to be interesting to see because there are a lot of players uh, on the on the women's side of the draw, particularly who who seem to be uh, you know could beat each other any day of the week, um, and and you know the next day they come back and the result goes the other way. It's a, it's a pretty even field, except for of course. Iga Swiatek, um, can can you see anybody stopping her at this tournament? Well, I was hoping that our Canadian Bianca Andreescu would face her in the next in the third round and give her a real test and potentially beat her, but unfortunately, Andreescu crashed out. So yeah, Swiatek is, you know, to me one of the favorites for the tournament. But this surface is, I would say, allows other the other women on the tour to really feel like they have a shot to hurt her. It's She's not as dominant on this surface, uh, especially a quicker hard court, than she is on, say, clay, for example, where I, don't, I honestly don't think anyone can touch her at the moment. But I was I before the tournament, I was looking at um, Irina Sabalenka as mm. and Caroline Garcia as two women who could who could hurt uh, Svantec. I think they both beat her at the at the uh, WTA finals at the end of last year on hard court. Um, so she is maybe the favorite as the number one seed, but there's definitely some stiff competition for her uh, at this tournament. What have you seen from Novak Djokovic so far? Is he somewhere back to his enigmatic best? Is he is he right where he needs to be mentally and physically to win a grand uh, to win a grand slam? Yeah, it looks like it. He looks right, like you said, right back where he has been for so long. Right down under, just dominant. Um, but it is early in this tournament and he, he does have that nagging kind of hamstring. If you watched his last match, he had it quite taped up. Um, so, you know, if that gets worse, that could be a story, but we see him overcome injuries, you know, mid tournament down here in Australia. So it's, it's not something that uh, the miracle man can't work out. Uh, and it's not something we haven't seen him do before. So as far as level goes, he, he looks in perfect form to me. He's the heavy favorite. Um, and on his bottom half of the draw, he shouldn't have any real stuff stiff um, competition for the next couple of rounds. If I just pull up the men's draw here, um, you know, Holger Runa, I think, could be his real next um, challenge, and that wouldn't come uh, for a couple of rounds here. So we will see. Yeah, another player in the in the tournament that does like a hard court, and we saw him at the US Open go right, is uh, the Norwegian Kasper Ruud. Um, how do you rate his chances? I mean, if uh, if he and uh, Djokovic do meet uh, in this tournament, do you think Ruud is, is a chance? I think he's got a great chance. You know, at, we saw that at the in the Paris Masters uh, at, in November last year, 
Holger Runa made it all the way through to the final and faced Novak Djokovic. And then he got, he lost the first set, but he came back in that match and won the whole tournament, beating Djokovic in the final. So that's a three set match. This is obviously different over five sets, but I do think Holger Runa has kind of worn off that, that baby fat where he's not, he actually cramped in their last uh, match that they played at a grand slam in the U S open in 2021. And Holger Runa is definitely a different player now. He's top 10 in the world. And yeah, he could be a serious threat to Djokovic, I think, because of his super strong baseline game. Backhand is just as good as Djokovic. Forehand is huge. He's a solid um, counterpuncher. He does everything well. So yeah, he could be a really uh, tough test for, for Novak if they are to face. Now, we saw last night uh, Rafa Nadal go out to uh, the man with two surnames, Mackenzie McDonald, uh, in straight <laughs> sets. Um, it did seem to be, it looked maybe a hip flexor or a groin uh, issue that he had. He, he certainly lacked mobility. I mean, he's he's 36 now. He'll be th- uh, he'll be 37 by the time the next Australian Open rolls around. Do you think that's the last we've seen of him um, at uh, the Australian Open as a player? You know, that's that's the question I just asked on on my show, The Slice. You know, I, I don't know if that's the last match we saw from him down under. I thought that the wave he gave to the crowd at the end there was a little bit longer than he normally might if, uh, you know, when he loses. So maybe he was saying, you know, thanks for the memories. And he just doesn't know, right? So I think every year he's not sure. The way he'll answer things is he's not sure. He'll see if he still has the fight, the desire to fight through these, now his in, his kind of very consistent injuries right um but yeah like you said he's 36 it was his hip um that was giving him issues and he said it had been giving him issues for a couple days but then really flared up in that match um so yeah it's hard to know what the future is for him but he's given everything and more to to us tennis fans so he he does not owe us anything very sharp analysis Stephen. appreciate your time down under Stephen borton uh host of the slice on youtube you can go follow him at the slice Stephen on twitter thanks mate we'll catch up again Appreciate it, guys. Have a good one. There you go. Stephen Borden. And, yeah, he um, he did give a long wave. I tell you what, these older fellas, Andy Murray as well with the middle hip, mm. on those hard courts for nearly two decades now, they have been pounding away out there um, at that top level. I don't really know how they're still doing it. I wasn't surprised to see Rafa pull up a little bit lame. There was no way he should have lost in straight sets if it wasn't an injury. He's so gracious, though, he'd never really pin it to that Um We'll see. We'll see how he progresses. Mitchell Santner is not too far away. He's going to join us on the line as we try and chat through this incredible innings uh, by Beastie. Mitch was out there. Slinky got to see it firsthand as the Black Caps just failed to chase down a mammoth score by the Indians in the first ODI of the series. So we're going to get straight into it this morning, Rick Dog. Then we'll hear all about your wonderful life and things <laughs> in between. But Mitch has been good enough to join us on the line. Morning, Mitchell. Hey, how are you? Yeah, we're good, mate. How, how are things feeling over there in India? Uh, that, that's one heck of a one-day international, mate. Yeah, it was an interesting game, eh? Um, <laughs> yeah, obviously, to, to, get, to get pretty close in the end, which was, was you know, obviously, no thanks to the beast himself. Um, but, yeah, it was a good game of cricket. and Obviously, a shame we didn't get over the line, but we got close. So he is a he is a bit of a beast, and it was an incredible winnings. Uh, Three hundred and forty nine. When you got sent out there to chase that, where were confidence levels, and, and what were you thinking? Yeah, we felt like it was obviously a pretty good wicket, but um, we we kind of let them get maybe twenty or thirty more than um, we would have liked. We we're looking at probably three twenty, and then um, 
we obviously knew that it was a pretty small ground and um, if we kept lickets in hand, we could maybe get close, which we didn't really do. I think we were 1.30 to 6 at one stage until the beast went berserk. I looked at Truman Gill's um, innings, mate. 208 uh, was absolutely massive. Of 149 balls, 19 fours, nine sixes. Um, the rest of the Indian batting lineup actually didn't do that much, but I, I suppose they didn't have to. What, what was the what was the bowling plan to Gill? Well, I guess whatever it was, it didn't really work. Kind of got away, but kind of the. I have to go have a look at the plans, but um, yeah, he was obviously, you know, he showed, you know, he had a little look at the start, and then from there, he, he just kept going and, and kept going, um, and played some pretty pretty outrageous shots to um, to get, you know, a double hundred, and it was probably one of the best things I've seen, um, and yeah, like you said, that everyone else was kind of watching around him. Um, we had a couple of chances off him, which would have been nice um, to kind of stem the flow, but yeah, it was, it was a pretty special knock, um, to be fair. Just coming straight from Pakistan, what was the change in intensity like? Because a million miles away here in New Zealand, it, there was a noticeable change in intensity on the television screen, the pitch, the, the scoring rate, the crowd. Out there, did it feel like it was a pressure cooker all of a sudden? Yeah, it was obviously a bit of a, bit of a change. Um, those kind of low, slow wickets in Pakistan were... I kind of wish they were here, but um, it was pretty flat and um, had good pace and good bounce. And um, yeah, um, and obviously in the in the thick of it with 50,000 50, people on top of you, it was, it was pretty loud. Um, but yeah, it was obviously it's always enjoyable playing here in front of you know this many people. They just love it. Um, it was incredibly loud, and you, you kind of forget um, you know coming back how loud it is. You've really got to keep eyes on the skip because you can't really hear anything else. What, what was the conversation like when you went out there with um, Michael Bracewell um, at 130 for six, as you said? I mean, you played a great role yourself picking up a, a half century. What was that conversation like when you got to the uh, crease? Yeah, I guess it was, you know, we, got, we kind of got nothing to lose here. Um, you know, just play some shots, keep looking straight. Um, and then, you know, BC got a few away and I was happy enough just to knock it around and give him a strike and, and watch on the other end. Um, but, you know, we did get we did, you know, the closer we got, the more we were thinking that, you know, these guys are going to miss them more now they're under pressure. And, and we got, you know, I mean, if, if I was kind of there at the end with Beast, it might have been maybe a touch closer. But, um, yeah, I mean, he just kind of, he just kind of kept going and, and kept going over the road, which was, which was cool to see. Yeah, he took it deep. To even make it to that last over was quite incredible with the chance to win it. Um, Mitch, hey, just on yourself, like I know you would have preferred that low and slow turner. You had such a good time in Pakistan, but going at under sixes today from your 10, it's, it's no mean feat. You seem like you're bowling in a, a really rich vein of form. Is it feeling good? Are you feeling like you're well on top of that aspect of your game? Yeah, I guess it was, you know, it was challenging out times out there. Um, there was there was a little bit of system at times. Um, but, yeah, it was, I guess, against these guys, they're such good players of spin. You have to kind of, you know, mix your pace up, change your seam slightly, which we were trying to do out there. And, um, you know, Gilly got me a couple of times when I missed a bit short. But outside of that, it was it was all right. And, um, yeah, I guess, you know, it would be nice to keep me to 300, 320, which we're looking like at one stage. But, yeah. Um, when a guy's going like that, it's pretty tough to stop. 
One of the uh, one of the pieces that was missing today, Mitch, was um, of course Ish Sodu, who's had a pretty good tour in Pakistan, uh, out with that ankle injury. How much of a difference on that surface today do you think he would have made? Yeah, he's obviously bowling very well at, this, at the moment as well. Um, you know, it was, it was quite cool to, to play three slash four spinners in Pakistan, um, and there was, I guess, there was a little bit of assistance out there for the spinners. So. You know, hopefully, obviously, sort that sort that little foot injury out, and um, you know, if we do turn up to one that looks like it's going to spin a bit more, at the to play all three spinners. Um, it's always enjoyable when when we get the tweakers going together. Outstanding, mate. Hey, appreciate you jumping on the line to us uh, late in the piece over there in India. We cannot wait for the second of these ODIs. That is blockbuster, worthy of the two best uh, one-day international teams in the world playing each other, mate. It was uh, great viewing, and, yeah, that innings from Beastie will go down as one of the greats, even in a, a losing effort. So appreciate your time, Mitch, and enjoy the recovery, and we'll talk again soon, no doubt. Yeah, thanks, mate. There you go, Mitch Sandner. We're 16 minutes away from 7 o'clock, and it's Quizzy Dog time. Oh, yeah. Actually, um, Rick, you, you alerted me to a news story this morning where someone was being called a dog. Yes, yes. Oh, a man whose nickname actually was a dog. Pup. Pup Clark. Michael Clark embroiled in some sort of cheating scandal in Australia. Unlike the... Australian cricketers and cheating, what is it? <laughs> <laughs> Getting slapped in a public place? Gee whiz, there's plenty going on in that situation. There's also plenty going on over here at SCNZ, and uh, we've got Quizzy Dog for a $50 TV bonus bet up for grabs. And we're going to start with our man in Huntley. It's been a while since we've chatted to him. G'day, Brett. Morning, Brett. Looking forward to Saturday. Oh, same. Gee whiz, like actually struggling to sleep at night. <laughs> it's going to be a massive day. Uh, Rick, do you have the questions? I have the questions. Brett, are you ready for a question? Oh, it's far away, Rick. All right. How many individual people have scored double centuries in ODI cricket? No idea. 12. No, that's a negatory. Uh, let's go to Tim in Christchurch. Good morning, Tim. How's it going, Tim? Very good. Uh, what do you reckon, Tim? You got an answer for us? Uh, how many actual people? Yeah. Oh, have you got a clue? Single digits. Um, I'll say seven. Do. Close, but no cigar. Luke and Dunners, very close there with seven, Luke. I'll go eight. Pay him. <laughs> well done. Yeah, uh, eight people have done it, but it has been done ten times. Rohit Sharma has done it three times. Freak. The only guy on there that's done it more than once, so uh, well done him. All right, Luke, here you go. What is the name of the new golf doco coming to Netflix? Oh... No, you can be sure on that one. Um, well, it's not a it's it's not a half swing. Full oh, swing. <laughs> that is up there with one of the worst clues like Baz would have given. No, in, in a heyday. Ba- Baz would have said um, uh, he would have gone last. He would have gone um, sure. Thing. <laughs> it rhymes with. Um, yeah, anyway, all right, so we got two. Here's the third one. 
Who was Joseph Parker's last win against in the ring in 2021? Oh, no. No idea. No idea, dude. You want to have a stab? Yeah. Nah. Got no idea. All right. Okay. Off you go, Loki. Well played. Brad, also indeed, and we're going to stay in the deep south. How are you, Brad? Yeah, good fellas. How are we? Yeah, good, mate. Do you know who Joseph Parker's last win in the ring was against? Done. Well worked out. Nicely done. All right, here's question four for you. How many combined runs did Michael Bracewell and Shubman Gill score today? Uh, how exact does it have to be? <laughs> <laughs> well, exact, yeah. It's how many combined runs did Michael Bracewell and Shubman Gill score today? You, you, you got one there. You need to add them together. Carry the three. <laughs> two. I had a math one the other day. Um, two forty-eight. I think it is. How many? Two forty-eight. Oh, you've done the hard <laughs> yanking, Brad. Oh, you've done unlucky. the hard yanking. You've left it short. Oh, who we got next, Louis? Jade. Jade. What do you reckon? What's the answer? How many combined runs did Bracewell and Shubman Gill score today? Two hundred and forty-eight. 348. Ooh, saved it. Saved wow. it. Wow. All right. All right. For the $50 TAB multi, here you go. The last question. Jade, the Breakers are looking to break their three-game losing streak tonight. Who are they playing? Oh, I couldn't get a clue on that one, could I? Um, what noise do these things make? Oh, they're kind of a... It'll be a hawk then, wouldn't it? Ah, yes. Illawarra Hawks. Oh, have we said this show doubles as a David Annenberg documentary? (laughs) (laughs) Well done, Jade. All yours, mate. $50 TAB bonus bet. Uh, Have you got anything lined up? What do you you want to invest in, do you reckon? Oh, look, something quick, something easy. So we'll see what's on on the races today, if there's any at all, mate. You got a tip, Louis? Uh, I don't just yet because I've been... Well, I have tips for this weekend. Today they're rating at, racing at Ashburton. I will have a good scan through the fields, and I'll see if I can jimmy something up for you by the end of the show, Jade. Appreciate you playing Quizzy Dag as always. Thanks to everybody that's going to score on 0800 150 Actually, actually, mm-hmm. after this, we're going to chalk loveracing.nz. So we'll do that. I'm going to have a good scan through the fields here at Ashburton. We can also talk Karakamillion. I I actually like race six, Noble Knight, number one. Paying fours in $1.75. (laughs) Okay, Rick Dog. I'm just just going to throw that out there. This is my corner, mate. Sorry, sorry, sorry. (laughs) Oh, yeah, and I'll tell you what. Yeah, I always knew Brighton was going to beat Liverpool. (laughs) (laughs) We'll be back with more racing after this. 26 minutes out of six, and thank you for bearing with us this morning. It's all been a little bit upside down, and for our good friend Stephen Beaver Donald, he has had a torrid run of it over the last couple of days, but he's been good enough to dial in on his way to surgery. Beave, people are wondering, Tim's texting, get him a moon boot. I went to U2 in a moon boot, no worries. We want a status update. How's the peg? How's the hoof? 
Well, it's exciting. I'm, I've actually just pulled into the car park. So, uh, yeah, it's about to get a whole lot better, hopefully. Um, and just in response to Tim and, uh, and the, of course, Red Hot Chili Peppers tickets this weekend, I had to almost uh, send a video message to a couple of people who were sniffing around saying, uh, no chance, I am going. So the tickets are not for sale. So the foot, you're about to go into a full surgery, which you're actually craving anyway, so it's a good day for you. To, so, so, I mean, congratulations. <laughs> Thanks, mate. As I mentioned to you, I do love an operation and waking up from an operation. It's, uh, I don't think there's many better feelings in life. <laughs> he really talked this into existence, right? And, and so they're, they're going in, and you reckon by Saturday you are. There's no chance anyone's getting a sniff of this because Rick Dog's trying to hock your tickets off to a mate of his. Oh, absolutely! I'll be good as gold. Um, they are GA though, so I think that takes Rick's mate out of the uh, equation. Um, so no, I'm 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 roaring. I'm I'm getting up this afternoon. I, was, I asked the lady last night if I could drive home. She said, you realise you are having a, a operation where you will be knocked out. You will not be driving home. So, uh, I'm getting picked up early on, apparently. Oh, there you go. I mean, it's, it's going to be interesting to see how you go GA standing beef, because um, I imagine you're going to have some stitches in your, in your hoof. Are, you, are they giving you any uh, any sort of takeaway comfort, shall we say? There will be takeaway comfort, I'd imagine, Ricardo, but I don't know if I'll take any on Saturday, because I guess I want to have my own comfort on Saturday going to a concert at Mount Smart, wouldn't you? Mm. Um, oh, self-medicating yeah. situation. <laughs> yeah, I'll be, I'll be wanting to have a few cold ones. Uh, so I don't know if uh, having having what they're going to give me today is going to uh, go well for tummy. Yeah, no, that's fair. That's fair. I mean, nothing. Nothing. I think a, a probably a Grins line won't solve though. No, a Grins line will be perfect. Just a real settler for the tummy. And uh, when I want to take it to a new level, it'll be a Grins blueberry. Hey, Beef, the, the most disappointing thing about this is um, we were we had we had a we had a great little bit planned for today, and I won't spoil it because is it, I mean, there's a chance we'll be able to do it by the time the Wallabies are, yeah. are actually a decent rugby team, anyway. But we were look, I had I sat through an SEN SENZ meeting yesterday, and they mm. said, "Oh, what's been big digitally this week? Like, what's been going off? You know, what what has been hitting the algos, as they say?" Um, and it was all about Beaver hooking into to Eddie Jones and Australian <laughs> rugby. You really, really pushed some buttons, mate. Well, again, I'm still flabbergasted by it all, uh, to be fair, because it just feels like you're stating the obvious. Like, anyone that's seen Australian rugby over the last sort of decade almost, it's been a strong decline. So it's hard to... It's like it's like, hey, guys, your rugby team's not very good and your players haven't got... You haven't got the depth you used to. Is that news to people? I would have thought so. <laughs> <laughs> Apparently. Apparently. Yeah, maybe news from about 2003 last time Eddie was in charge. Yeah, yeah. So, I mean, all I'm flabbergasted is that you're blaming a great New Zealand coach. You know, that's, that's the thing that's uh, shocked me. I mean, what we've said, I thought, has been pretty level, to be fair, Louis, all week. I'd oh, made perfect sense to myself and the majority of the ECNZ listeners around uh, New Zealand, mate. But I, I just think they're in a bit of an echo chamber there over there, the Australian rugby fans, and need a bit of impartiality that you have been able to offer this week, Beaver. We'll let you crack on, mate. Hey, um, enjoy your soft serve ice cream and your, your lime pals. Um, <laughs> good, good luck in there, big guy, and we'll talk when you're done. 
Okay, mate. Thanks, guys. Have a good show. Yeah, good luck with it, Beef. There you go. He's an absolute warrior, the Beef. Oh, mate. Oh, I wanted to know, though, uh, does his re- nose light up red and does he go beep if the surgeon gets something wrong? Uh, <laughs> well, what what's that? Operation? Operation. Oh, that's, yeah. that's the name of the... <laughs> See, what's Cleverly the name? named, isn't it? Operation Beef. <laughs> Uh, this has been Operation Beef this week. He honestly did set was going to be hosting the show until he actually couldn't because the time of the show was when he was under the knife. He is, as he's been saying, he's a company man. Is he? Well, the question is, is he going to be back tomorrow? I would not be betting against him. You wouldn't be? You reckon he'll be in here? I've, uh, he is a company, as he said a week. If I can do it, I'll do it. Yeah, there you go.